What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Joy Tucker on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Joy, I'm just going to toss the mic at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Awesome. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Okay, so um, our journey started um, in 2017. So basically, we had had two healthy you know, children. Prior to that, we decided that we wanted to continue to expand our family. So um, we decided we were going to try for baby number three. So um, we got pregnant right away, which was awesome. We were super excited. We were already planning, um, you know, like we needed a bigger car, like what we were going to do. Hopefully this one would look like, you know, our other kid, you know, that kind of thing. We had already kind of worked it out in our minds. So um, I remember I was in my second year of teaching uh, um, when this happened and so we were pregnant probably like in August. It was around Hurricane Harvey because we're in Houston. So it was Hurricane Harvey. What else is there to do? You know, so we were pregnant. Um, and so by November, um, my husband's cousin had gotten married. So we went to her wedding, which was, you know, it was driving distance. I think it was like two hours away. So we went there um, and everything was good and had went to the doctor's appointments. We'd heard the heartbeat. We'd seen the baby. Everything was good. And so... Um, Right before we went on Thanksgiving break, it was literally the Thursday before we were getting ready to go on break. Because here in Houston, we get like a week um, for for Thanksgiving break. So it was right before we were going on Thanksgiving break. We had, um, I had went to the bathroom. I was at work. I went to the bathroom and I was waiting. And I was like, well, this is not normal. And so at first it was just like a little bit of blood. Um, and then I went to the bathroom again, like, you know, a little bit later and it was more blood. And so I started to, of course, freak out. I called my husband immediately and told him, hey, you know, I feel like I'm having a miscarriage. He said, hopefully that's not it. I said, I need to go, you know, somewhere. I called my doctor's office. They were too busy to deal with me. Um, they said they would call me back, you know, in a couple of hours. It didn't happen. I freaked out so bad that I was like, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go to the emergency room. My husband said, okay, tell me, you know, what happens and things like that. So I went to the emergency room and, you know, essentially they ran all these tests. I was there for hours. They ran all these tests and, you know, ultrasounds and things like that. Um, my husband ended up showing up because my youngest child needed to be picked up from, um, daycare. And so he came by, you know, I have the car seat in my car. He didn't have time to go home and get the other car seat that we have. So he said, I'm just going to come get your car. And he's like, you can take my truck. And I said, okay. And so when he got there, oddly enough, the doctor said, okay, um, we're ready for you to come back. You know, we're going to talk to you and kind of tell you what's going on. And we said, okay. And so they pulled us into the small room. And I remember just, you know, kind of still feeling hopeful because up until that point, like the nurses had talked to me and they said, you know, things like this happen all the time. It's okay. Um, you know, you just never know. It's probably, the baby's probably okay. And, you know, just, you know, think positive thoughts. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And so when they pulled us back to the room, the doctor immediately said, you know, I just wanted to let you guys know that um, the baby has no heartbeat. And I didn't hear anything else after that because I immediately started sobbing. Um, my husband was listening, thank goodness, and he immediately came over um, and embraced me. Again, I was 
crying so hard I didn't know what to do they came into so they gave us a few minutes to kind of like pull ourselves together then a nurse came in and said we need to move you to another room because we need this room for someone else so as we're in the midst of like probably one of the worst things that we've ever had to hear you're telling us that this room is for somebody else and we need to move so that was kind of frustrating so they moved us to another room where um my doctor came um and she kind of, you know, talked to me and she came up to the hospital, which I thought was really cool because it's like she came out of her way to come to the hospital to see me. You know, she hugged me. I was crying. She was like, I'm so sorry. You know, that kind of thing. But she immediately looked at my face and said, listen, you've got two kids at home. So it really is okay. Some people go home and they have nothing. And I immediately thought that was pretty insensitive. So because I have two healthy children, I'm not entitled or able or allowed to have any more kids. I was completely floored by that comment. And I just immediately felt like, wow, I don't deserve to have another child. So of course we went home. We had already told our children that we were having a baby and they were really excited. And so we had to tell them that the baby was gone. Of course, you know, I wanted to tell them as, as quickly as possible, you know, because I just, I didn't want them asking me questions and, you know, it being weird. And so we told them my, our oldest is a teenager. So he knew and understood um, at the time, our youngest, I want to say she was, she was three, she was two or three. And so, um, you know, she didn't really understand it. We, I explained it the best that I could and just kind of told her, you know, honey, the baby's in heaven. And so she understood, you know, to the best of her, you know, little, little ability. Um, but I, I knew that um, it, it, it would just be hard for our family. So, of course, we had to, you know, retell the people that we had told, which I think it was like my mom, you know, my husband's, my mother-in-law, um, my sister, you know, just people like that. So we had to retell them, you know, hey, the baby's gone. And they were, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And, you know, it was just like really hard days. Um, so basically, I spent my Thanksgiving break miscarrying my first child. Well, my, my third child, my first miscarriage. Um, so that was really hard. And so um, the doctor basically at the hospital had asked me, do you want to have a DNC? Do you want to, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, no, I just want to get this experience over with now. And she said, well, we're going to wait. And on Monday, she's like, you know, come, come to the office. We'll check and see. She said, if, if, you know, you haven't already expelled the pregnancy, she said, we'll, we'll go ahead and do a DNC. And I said, okay. So essentially over the weekend, that's what happened. My mother-in-law came and got my kids and I, my husband and I were at home and I essentially, you know, went through the experience of expelling my pregnancy. And it was probably the worst and traumatic experience that I ever had. Um, flash forward to, uh, fast forward to um, probably six months later, um, I was kind of in a haze just from, you know, November until probably April. And I had found out that there was like a support group that I could join um, that would help me kind of process my feelings because of course, nobody I knew had ever had, you know, any losses. Nobody I ever knew had ever experienced this thing. They didn't know how to help me. They just kept saying, it is so, it's okay. It'll happen for you. It's okay. It's okay. You'll get pregnant again. Um, the hardest part for me was just like, I just needed someone to hear what I was saying and just let me express my feelings, whatever they were, and not necessarily feel like they needed to comment, just listen. And they didn't understand that. So I joined a, the circle, the support group, um, which was really awesome. I really connected with other women whose, of course, experiences were different. Um, but we definitely helped each other get through those processes. Um, and so 
in June. So that, that was May. So by June, my husband and I had went on an anniversary trip and we went to Louisiana. Um, it was like the end of the end of June. By the time we came back, I was pregnant again. So we didn't know, we had no idea. We were just kind of, you know, enjoying our anniversary. By the time we came back, it was like the first part of, uh, like by the time I realized that, hey, my period never came, it was probably the first part of July. So um, we took the test then, found out we were pregnant again. I was like, wow, that was quick. And so um, I felt like I was in a good space that I had processed everything, you know, from the first loss and, you know, that we were kind of ready to just move forward. So now we're getting ready to start another school year because our school year starts in August. So we're getting ready to start another school year. So I'm like, okay, so we're moving stuff in, you know, just kind of like, okay, this is interesting. So the end of August, literally right before um, we were getting ready to start school. So it was literally like the week before we, the week before the kids were supposed to report, um, you know, we come early and so we were setting up and everything like that. And so I went to the doctor and the doctor basically told me once again, the baby has a heartbeat. Prior to that, we had been to appointments. We had seen the heartbeat. You know, we saw the growth. Um, one thing that was consistent with the with those two pregnancies, I will say, was that um, the the size of the embryo didn't match like how far along I should have been, and so that was kind of like our our giveaway. And so it was like, okay, this this seems vaguely familiar. And, and so once all that happened, basically, my doctor said we need to schedule a DNC. And she said, when, when would you like to do it? I said, well, I have kids reporting next week. And so basically I wanted to start the school year with my students because I wanted them to know who I was. I didn't want, you know, to take those dates off and then them come and say, well, who's this lady? So I, I started the school year with them. And mind you, I'm still carrying this, you know, this child who has passed away um, and just trying to get through it, just trying to process everything and trying to get through it. So the first few days of school, I was there. And then basically I took, cause I think that we started like, like on Monday or Tuesday. And so like I took Thursday, Friday off so I could just have it on Thursday and then just take the weekend to recover and then back to work on Monday. And so that's what I did. No one really knew about it cause we didn't really share it because of the experience that happened previously. Um, so it wasn't that bad. So then after that, my husband and I decided that we were going to do some, um, basically we we're going we're to go see a fertility specialist. We were going to see, you know, have them do tests to see, you know, what's going on, you know, so that way we could find out, you know, what happened and why this was continuing to happen to us. So that was like September. So by October, you know, we had spent all this money, went to all these doctor's appointments to basically be told that I have secondary and unexplained infertility. And I also now suffer because I'm in that category now for reoccurrent loss. And so they had no reason or no explanation as to why, you know, we continue to, you know, get pregnant and not be able to sustain the pregnancy. They, I mean, it was unexplained and it was, and it was secondary because, you know, we had the previous pregnancy. So that was, you know, kind of frustrating for us because we had no answers. It's, it's different if you have an answer to, to whatever the problem is, because then you can like medications or you can, you know, look up a research, um, maybe homeopathic things that you could do. There was nothing that I could do. And so I felt very helpless. Um, so basically that doctor said, okay, here's what we're going to do. So if you happen to get pregnant again, she's like, um, you know, anytime soon, like in the next six months, she said, we'll just monitor your pregnancy just really closely. And she said, and then, you know, we'll just kind of see what, what goes on from there. I said, okay, awesome. It made me feel really good because I felt like 
you know, that was the one thing that maybe I didn't get before was like the monitoring and like, maybe this could help us, you know, potentially like, you know, um, save our, save our baby, or, you know, maybe they could find something that would help us to be able to, you know, go full term with this child. Um, needless to say, we were pregnant again by November. Um, and so we called, of course, and, you know, told the fertility specialist and she said, you know, okay, we're going to monitor you. So I would come in every week, which was kind of hectic with teaching and things like that. But um, I worked with some really awesome people that were able to kind of fill in for me where I needed to be. So thank God for them. Um, and then um, she just told me to take it easy. You know, everything looks good, you know. But again, this baby, this embryo, this, this child was measuring behind. And so we were a little bit nervous. And so um, the first loss that we had, um, I was supposed to be 11 weeks. And the baby stopped growing at like eight weeks. Then the second one, um, it stopped growing at seven weeks. And then, you know, this one was kind of like on track to do the same thing. We were hopeful though. We kept, we kept saying we're, we're very hopeful. So this one went um, eight weeks and four days. And then we, of course, I went to one of my weekly appointments and the doctor the week before had said, you know, it doesn't look good. The baby's just not measuring the way that it's supposed to. The heartbeat's kind of slowing down. He's like, I don't want to tell you that this, you know, is happening. He's like, but I feel like this is a miscarriage. And so I said, okay. And so we kind of prayed and, you know, we were hopeful, like I said, that it wasn't the case and went back the next week and that was absolutely what was happening. And so again, I had to schedule another DNC. So this was at this point, this was in January. So, you know, we went the Christmas season and, you know, and Thanksgiving, just, you know, being hopeful and being thankful and, you know, hoping that this was the one, but if it, feeling, of course, vaguely familiar for, you know, everything that else, everything else that we had experienced and just kind of feeling like, hopefully this is the one, you know, the first loss that we had, I was completely devastated because I'd never experienced anything like that. And my husband was kind of my, my rock. And he was the one that was like encouraging me and saying, you know what, I mean, excuse my French, but shit happens. And, you know, I was kind of the one that was like, yeah, but it, why us? Why did it happen to, to me? And he was like, well, why not us? And I was like, you're right. I mean, it happens to anybody it, or it can happen to anybody. Um, I, I, I relied on his, on his, um, positive demeanor. The second loss that we had, he was still positive and he was like, you know what? He was like two times. He was like, okay. He was like, we're just, we're, we're, you know, we're just having some bad luck right now. By the third loss, he stopped being positive. And he was kind of feeling like, again, really? At that point, there was kind of a shift in, 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 our, um, in our experiences and kind of our outlooks. So he was kind of like, this is ridiculous. And I was kind of, you know, the positive one and trying to support him, of course, and just be, you know, very, um, very motivating and understanding and, you know, just understand that like he was there the first two times and now he's not there now. I can't expect him to always be there. And so, you know, that was interesting to see, you know, kind of the shift with us. So we'd had that, um, the DNC in January, it was like the first part of January. And that's where like, of course our deductible went. So, you know, so, um, after that we had, um, I had been in like a couple of infertility, um, groups and there was this procedure called Invisel. 
Um, the doctor basically told us like, okay, here's what you can do. You can do IVF, which will allow you the opportunity to, you know, like test the embryos and, you know, we can do a PGS testing and things like that. So we looked at the cost of IVF. We have a child who, you know, is probably at that point, he was maybe four years away from college. He's a freshman this year, um, in high school. And so we were like, we just can't justify you know, spending that kind of money on, you know, a, um, IVF if we, um, have to send him to college soon. And so that was, you know, our, our thinking and our thought process was like, we just, we can't justify it. So imbecile was like literally like a fourth of the cost of like IVF. So we looked into that. We were able to basically budget for it. And so that's what we ended up doing. We did imbecile. So we went through the process of imbecile we ended up doing, so basically what it does is, I don't know if y'all, if y'all know about Invacel, but Invacel is supposed to be like a less invasive uh, form of IVF. Not everywhere has a doctor that um, has it, but here in Houston we do. Um, and so basically what the process entails is like, it's the same for IVF as far as like you do the stimulant um, medication, it's just a lower dose. Um, because the goal is they want to get, um, I think it's eight eggs to be able to put inside like a, um, is a device. The device, instead of like growing the eggs in um, like a facility or like a lab, you actually harvest, like they, they stick the device inside of you. And so you're carrying the device around for seven days and then they take it out. And so that's kind of the process. And so that's what makes it cheaper is like you're, you're cutting a lot of the, the, um, the laboratory costs. And so that's what we opted to do. So we did that. We ended up getting, um, I want to say seven, six or seven eggs, which was awesome. Um, and so they put the eggs, you know, they fertilize them and put them in the device. Um, and I carried the device for seven days and then, um, no, we got eight and six fertilized. That's what happened. And then um, when they took the eggs out, they sent them for testing and um, three came back normal and we were thrilled. And of course, my husband wanted to know the sex because, you know, he really wants another boy. And so um, we ended up getting two boys and one girl. So this was, let's see, at this point, that was um, June of 2019. So in September of, tw of 2019, we decided we were going to do the transfer. So I got my body ready for that. We did a transfer. We ended up transferring the two male embryos. Um, we were excited and hopeful. Basically, you know, it was a failed, it was a failed transfer and it was completely heart wrenching and, you know, and <sighs> disappointing for us, of course, spending all that money the time, the effort, the energy, you know, and just kind of feeling like, okay, well, this is a good option for us. Maybe this is how we're going to complete our family. Um, we, we definitely wanted two more kids. Um, and so we were like, okay, well, we'll just transfer the two boys and, you know, and then we'll have the girl. And so therefore, if, you know, God forbid, if this doesn't work out, which hopefully is, well, one of them should stick, neither one of them stuck. And my, um, doctor at the time essentially just said, you know, that's kind of the way that things go. And she said, there must be something wrong with the embryos. And so we kind of felt really frustrated because we had spent like, I mean, it was like four, four or five grand in addition to whatever the cost was for imbecile, which I think after it was all said and done, imbecile was probably, um, it was probably about 9,000. And then so an additional 4,000, I mean, like, you know, 
it was kind of expensive, not to mention the meds and things like that. Like it was cheaper than IVF, but I mean, not by, not by a lot because of the avenue that we had to go to get the additional testing. So we were a little frustrated. And so we, we still have one embryo left. Um, it's the girl one. And so we are kind of still debating on what we wanted to do. So fast forward to the end of September, after we had our failed attempt, I kind of just started to just reevaluate myself, the things that I was putting into my body, the things, you know, my spirit, everything, just everything that I needed to do for me to be able to, um, kind of accept this process. So in the beginning, my husband and I had decided that no matter what, if, if we were able to get pregnant again, awesome. If we weren't, then that was okay. We have two beautiful kids. We have a boy and a girl and, you know, and, and we were going to be happy with what God gave us and, and be grateful because as my doctor so eloquently put it, there's some people that have miscarriages and just have nothing. So we've, we've actually been very blessed and we understand that. Um, so there was never a time or a point where we were, you know, just like, we need more, 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 more. Um, I think it was just, we, we just kind of felt like this was, you know, we kind of felt like we just weren't done. I still, to this day, you know, feel like, you know, there is just kind of a yearning for another child or that our family is just not complete. There's somebody missing or, you know, some, a couple people missing. Um, and so I think that that's just where we are now. But anyways, so my journey to just, you know, better living, um, led me to veganism. And so I decided to kind of, I had kind of been thinking about the idea and kind of toying around with it the last um, few years um, when all this stuff happened, but I just wanted to have just clarity of mind and just a good mind, body, and spirit, and just kind of have everything just kind of be aligned. And maybe this is the, is, this is the, what we needed to be able to get pregnant because we've never had an issue getting pregnant. It was just sustaining the pregnancy after my daughter. And so with this journey, I have um, not only lost weight, which I, you know, am, am, have lost like probably at this point, 20, 20 pounds, um, because of course, you know, going through um, IVF and then going through um, depression, like you gain weight, you eat everything and, you know, you just kind of eat your feelings. And I did a lot of that. Um, and I, I think the, the process that I went through was being very angry with my body. How dare you um, betray me? How dare you disappoint me? How dare you give me two healthy, beautiful kids and, and, and make me feel like this is possible. And then you take the option away from me. How dare you do that to me? And so I kind of started punishing my body. And so I wanted to get to a place where, you know, a forgiveness and grace where, um, things happen. Like, like my husband said so many times things happen and it's unfortunate that it's happening to us. And it's unfortunate that we are in this season where we had so many losses and, it's unfortunate that anybody has to go through this experience. I would never recommend this pain on anybody else because like I said, it was probably one of the worst experiences that I've ever had. And I look at my kids and I think it probably makes it a little harder because I look at my kids and I see how well-rounded they are, how awesome they are. And I'm like, how could we not want to have another one? You know, I've, I've got some really amazing kids. And then not to mention just feeling very blessed to have, to be able to go through the experience of caring, you know, a child, um, too, you know, for me and being able to go through the birth experience and, you know, and things like that. And I've always had really good pregnancies. I've always had really good births, you know, except for the miscarriages. 
when those pregnancies, they were, none of them were good. And I guess that should have been, you know, my sign, but you know, every pregnancy is different. So I guess I felt like, or I feel like I should say, now I'm just kind of in a space of acceptance and giving myself grace. It's, it's okay. It's going to happen. I think I was so embarrassed before, because like I said, nobody I knew had gone through this experience and you just feel broken and you feel like, um, nobody understands what you're going through. And you also feel like, um, that there's, that, that it's not going to happen for you. And maybe it won't. I mean, I don't really know that, but everybody I know keeps saying, it'll happen for you. It'll happen for you. And you know, you have to, to go through the motions of seeing all your friends easily get pregnant that you know of. I mean, of course we don't know everybody's struggles, but it's just that kind of thing. Like you just, the pregnancy announcements on Facebook and Instagram, it's just like, you're just kind of like, oh, you know, I had to get to a point to where I could be happy for other people because I knew in my time of joy that there were other people that were happy for me. And so I had to get to a point in a place where I could be happy for others. I'm not saying I'm there hundred percent of the time. I'm not saying it's not a struggle, but I do definitely try to check myself, if you will, um, when it comes to stuff like that. But it's hard. I mean, it, it's very hard, but I will say now we're kind of in a, in a space of, you know, whatever happens, happens. We are still trying. We decided we were going to go back to trying naturally um, to just kind of see what happens. Um, like I said, I've been vegan since um, probably the end of September, beginning of October. Um, I'm never going back to the old way of life. Um, I work out now um, more than I have. I spend more time just doing things that I joy and there's not a lot of pressure on us getting pregnant you know it, it's happened before it'll happen again I think the biggest thing for me is that I still feel that sense of loss um and and there's still that empty spot in my heart that needs to be filled by something so we got a puppy you know hopefully that you know she's she's helped a lot with with that um but I think that that's kind of where our journey is right now and I don't think that we are done. Like I said, we still have that last embryo. Um, but I do feel like, you know, we are still trusting God. We're still trusting that he has a plan and purpose for us that everything that we have gone through has been to, you know, to glorify his name, to, to benefit, you know, somebody else so that somebody can learn from our story. And also for us to have such an amazing testimony to be able to say, you know, these are the things that we've gone through. But in spite of that, you know, we, we, have, have this child or we have these kids and, you know, it just, it's just a really hard reminder. We, um, we ended up getting a new car after our first loss. So this was like in 2017, but it was like before, it was before our first loss. Um, because we needed a bigger car because, you know, the car that I had, I think I had a Jeep Patriot. And so we needed like a bigger car to be able to accommodate like another car seat and, you know, things like that. And so whenever I, I love my car, don't get me wrong. I have an Acadia, but um, whenever I see my car, it's just kind of the, like another reminder that um, we don't have a baby and we didn't have that child. Like I think of that child that we had that, you know, I was pregnant with in 2017. I would have um, given birth to that child in, in June. And we, and we had the one thing I forgot to tell you, we had the, um, the embryos tested. The first loss that we had, we didn't know that was an option. The second one we did. And so we had them tested. So the, Second embryo, second and third one we had tested. The second embryo um, was a boy and he had a trisomy um, 15, I think it's how you pronounce it. 
And then the, um, the third loss was a little girl and she had, um, what did she have? She had it. She had a defect too. I don't, I don't really remember off the top of my head what hers was, but, um, they were both, um, related to like the quality of the embryo. So that was like another reason why, you know, I kind of did all these things. I read, um, it starts with the egg and, or it starts with the egg, um, to just kind of get some different ways of, um, you know, making sure that I can, you know, have healthy eggs or, you know, try to improve the egg quality that I had. And so, um, like I said, every day, you know, I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for the life that we have. Um, and I'm just grateful that, you know, like I said, you know, I do have two healthy kids and we've been very blessed in that regard. And so if it's meant for us to have another baby, then hopefully it happens. And, you know, if not, then, you know, that we're just at peace and we just continue to just move forward. But, you know, through it all, God is good. And he's allowed me the experience of, like I said, caring and, and, and giving birth to, to, to do amazing kids. And so this is kind of where we are. <laughs> What kind of puppy did you guys get? <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, my coworker actually her her puppy is a Chihuahua. She she gave birth to like I think four four little puppies, and so we have one. Her, her name is Ellie, and Ellie is five months, and she is just the sweetest little Aww. thing ever. Yeah, she's she's brought a lot of joy to our to our house. So <laughs> that's so awesome. Well, you shared beautifully. I loved everything that you said. Very, I love that you share very positively too. Um, it's just really, really like reassuring and uplifting. And I, I really enjoyed it. So I appreciate that. Now I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, advocate for yourself because I yes. think that we, we kind of get to a point or a place where we kind of let the doctors tell us things and we just kind of say, okay, that's okay. Now advocate for yourself. If you feel like something is off or you, you know, make, make them do the test, make them hear what you're saying, make them take you seriously and don't allow them to just push you, push you away because I've, I've, I've had that done to me. And unfortunately, you know, it probably, I probably would have known earlier that something was wrong, but you know, like I said, I stopped advocating for myself. And so that's, you have, you have to be an advocate for yourself for sure. Totally agree. Doctors are only human too. Like, you Absolutely. know, so, um, now if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? So, um, I am at my, uh, Instagram is, uh, 511 fit mom. And you can also shoot me an email. Um, my email address is joy, a Tucker zero four at gmail.com. Awesome. I'll link those in the description of this episode. Thank you so much, joy. I Thank you for like, having me. I sincerely <laughs> appreciate it. It's going to help so many people. And I just think it's awesome that you felt the pull to share. So yeah, just thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And thank y'all so much for listening. Um, and I hope that everybody ends up with their blessings and their rainbow babies and things like that. I just, I want that for everybody. Yes, me too. Well, hopefully we'll do an update episode with you at some point. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.